Hey guys, Pastor Travis here from Unity Church Magnolia. We are excited that you chose to listen to this podcast. We pray that it will bring you hope, peace, and encouragement for your journey with Christ. God bless you as you listen. The Carol of Christmas. And so what we're doing is we're taking some popular Christmas carols and we're pulling the word out of them and figuring out why in the world do we sing these crazy songs once a year. And so uh, my family knows that I am a sucker for Christmas carols. In fact, I'm like itching for Thanksgiving to get here so that we can start playing them. And then the problem is, is about a week before Christmas, I'm tired of them. And so uh, we're going to get this balanced out eventually. So last week we started with a scripture and it was Psalms 17 verse 7. And it was, it says, show me the wonders of your great love. You who save by your right hand those who take refuge in you from their foes. Let's read that one more time. Show me the wonders of your great love. You who save by your right hand those who take refuge in you from their foes. So does anybody remember which song this applied to? Joy to the world, right? Okay. So the band's going to help us. If you'll stand, you're going to help us start the message this morning, right? All right. You ready? Here we go. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her of his love and wonders and wonders of his love. Sing joy to the world. Joy to the world. praise this morning. If you'll remain standing, I've got another verse for you this morning, and it is Isaiah 7, 14, and it says, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign, and the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and he they and will call him Emmanuel. One more time. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign, and the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and we'll call him Emmanuel. So don't go to the next slide, Susan. Anybody know which song we're talking about this morning? Okay, I heard a silent night. Way in a manger. Okay, let me see if I can help you this morning. Let's see if I can help you. Hold on just a minute. What was that? Mary, did you know? That's a good guess, too. That is. That's a, that's a, that's a good guess. Okay, so here's your first hint. It's in a minor key. 
Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. That's all it took right there. How many Christmas songs start in a minor key? Not very many. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Give yourselves a hand this morning. You sound good. So, Father, we thank you that we have the hope, Lord God, that you bring this season, Lord, knowing that you did not leave the world alone in a dark state. God, you did not leave us lost in our sin. But, God, you sent us your one and only son, Emmanuel, God with us. We praise you for that. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. You can be seated. Isaiah 7, 14 says this, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a son, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and will call him Emmanuel. Matthew 1, 23 says this, it repeats, it says, the angel of the Lord, we know it comes and it speaks to Joseph and Mary at different times. And it says this, the virgin will conceive and give birth 
to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. He was bringing up what was already prophesied by the prophet Isaiah. He's saying, hey, this is about to come to pass. And when he's speaking to Mary, it's, this is about to come to pass, and it's going to happen to you. And so here's what I would like to say to you this morning, is that God has sent you Emmanuel. He has fulfilled his promise. Everything that you need from God is wrapped up in the greatest Christmas gift you will ever receive, the gift of Emmanuel. Can somebody say amen? Emmanuel means God with us. How many of you know that God is with us? I'm, I'm speaking a message on Wednesday nights. If you're missing it, man, come on. I work hard on those messages. Come on, you want to be here. Look at your neighbor and say, you want to be here. In fact, I want you to look at your second neighbor, and I want you to straight prophesy to him, you want to be here. <laughs> and I'm preaching a series entitled, Mary, Did You Know? And, and the first installment was just, Mary, did you know? Did you really know that you are in the presence of God Almighty, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the one who would reign in power forever? Mary, did you realize that? Did you know that whenever you were holding the infant in your arms, the baby laying in a stinky old manger, did you realize that you were in the presence of God? And I want to pose that question to us this morning. Do we really know that we are in the presence of King of Kings and Lord of Lords? Do we really realize that God is with us? He's not off in a far off place. He's here. Somebody shout, he's here. Emmanuel, God, now I'm wound up more than you are. you got to catch up this morning. Somebody say, oh, come. Oh, come, Emmanuel. Now, this is my prayer for the church, is that we truly desire that the presence of God will fill this place, that the presence of God will so saturate his people that we will, we will become like him, like the word tells us. You draw near to God, and he draws near to you. And when you, when you begin to get close to God, the more you look like God, the more you sound like God, the more you act like God, because you're being transformed into his image. That's what God desires for the church. Can somebody say amen? So let's look at this. Let's look at the state of Israel when Emmanuel came for the very first time. We understand that Israel was in a dark place. Israel was in a dark place. It was. It almost seemed hopeless. They 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 had been they had been in 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 exile. They had been uh, governed by by foreign governments even, and they were under oppression. They were they were desperate for someone to come and help them and to deliver them. That's why they were looking so desperately for the king, and they thought it was going to be an earthly king that was going to deliver them from their from from their their darkness and their desperate time, and they were depressed. If if you read the the prophets of old and you read man it can be depressing and it's 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 almost this sense of hopelessness that had filled the nation of Israel in fact we know that there is an error known as the dark error and and there's different names for it where Malachi spoke as a prophet and then we don't have anything until we get over to Matthew and that was a season of silence for the church and it was a time where they were desperately needing and looking for an answer from God how many's ever been there God, I need you to show up in my life. I need you to do something in my life. I need you to manifest yourself in my midst. I need you to come and take control. I need you to come and help me. I need you to save me. 
This was the state that Israel was in as a nation. And when God sent his son, he sent someone to obliterate, obliterate, what's the word? I'm going to edit that out of the video. Thank you. To eliminate the darkness. I'm not smart enough for that word, apparently. He sent Emmanuel, God, with us. You see, first of all, Israel was in a dark state, but Emmanuel came to brighten things up. Israel was in a dark state, but, but Emmanuel came to brighten things up. How many of you have ever just, it's, it's like God comes and he, and he does something, and, and you're having a bad day, and then just all of a sudden everything just seems brighter when he shows up. I've seen it on some of your faces. You walk in those doors, man, and it, you've had a bad week. You've had a rough week, and, and, and maybe you came in with struggles, but then you get in the presence of God, and you leave like a different person. Emmanuel comes to brighten things up. John 8, 12 says this, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me, listen to this, will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Emmanuel said, I'm the light of this world, whoever follows me, you don't have to walk in darkness. You're gonna, you're gonna have the light because I'm the light. So there's many times in our life where it seems like, man, I'm wandering around in darkness. It seems like I've lost my way. I don't, I don't seem to know where I'm going. I, I don't know how I got here. Can I tell you this? That God did not create the distance. We did. You see, God is on the move in a powerful way. God, God is on the move in, in, in a powerful way, and he knows where he's going, and he's going to a good place, a perfect place, a pleasing place. He's going to the place, and he's trying to lead you to a place that is like, like, the, like the Israelites, this flowing with milk and honey, a place of prosperity, of peace, of happiness, of joy, and he's trying to lead you to that place. But many times what happens is we quit following him. God, where'd you go? Why'd you leave me? I didn't leave you. You left me. You didn't follow me. Because it says this, if you follow me, my follower, look, you, you won't be in darkness. You won't be in darkness. You will never walk in darkness. You will never walk in darkness as long as you are following Christ. You're confused. He didn't do it. Somebody say, he didn't do it. Man, that is revelation for somebody this morning. Look at somebody and tell them, he didn't do it. <laughs> he says, but they will have the light of life. He came to give us life and life more abundantly. The people living in darkness, Matthew 4, 16 says this. The people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. Praise God. He's saying, hey, even if you have found yourself in the valley of the shadow of death like the psalmist wrote about, he said, I will fear no evil. Why? Because the light has come. I love the scene on Lord of the Rings. I love Lord of the Rings. I'm a Lord of the Rings fan. I know there's different opinions about it. Just get over it. I'm a Lord of the Rings fan. And there's this scene where it's hopeless. The the good guys are being defeated by the bad guys. I'm not one of the, I don't even know who they are. It's just the good guys and the bad guys. So I'm a fan. I'm just not one of the crazy fans, I guess. The good guys are being defeated by the bad guys. And it seems like there's no hope. And they're getting beat down. And, and, and it's, it's about to be a disaster. And then all of a sudden from the east, Gandalf comes over a mountain. 
The sun sets and blinds everybody, or arises and blinds everybody, and the light comes and the victory comes, almost like out of nowhere. Can I tell you that some of you may be going through a dark season in your life and it may seem hopeless and it may seem like the valley of the shadow of death. But I can tell you that at just the right moment, the light will come and it will bring salvation to you. It can bring salvation to your household. It can bring salvation to your loved ones and it can lead you to a good place. Man, it says, I love this. The people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. I believe that God is speaking to somebody this morning that says, nighttime is over. John 1.5 says this, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. The darkness has not overcome it. Now we're living in a time right now where it seems like there's darkness everywhere. Our, the, political, the political scene in America just seems like, is there any hope? It, you, you, the news and the media and everything portrays a world that, that it's, it's, really, it's really just it's, it's a scary thing. And I love what Dak Keyes, who is our attorney general, he spoke at Thomas's graduation the other day, one of the best speeches I've ever heard in my life. He got up, he's our attorney general, for the Western District, and he was appointed by President Trump, and he got up before the graduating class and before the assembly, and he said this. He said, I, I prepared a speech that was going to bring laughter and enjoy, and, uh, and you know, that, that's what I had planned, but God changed his heart and wanted him to share something different. He wanted him to share something different because, because a, a tragedy had occurred in Fayetteville. Many of you heard that a, a police officer was, was murdered, and, and he wanted to issue an address uh, because of a question his child had asked him. His child said, Dad, how can a horrible thing like this happen? And his response was, you know, I just, I don't know. And then he started to ask himself the question, well, what do I know? I'm the attorney general, or the district attorney, I'm sorry, the district attorney for the Western District. What do I know? And he said, there's three things that I know. God is real, and he loves you. That was number one. Number two, God has a plan for your life, and it's good, pleasing, and perfect. He said, and the third thing and the last thing that I really know for sure is that God has you right where he wants you at this very moment. And we're to honor him with wherever he's got us today. And I just thought, whoa, that is our district attorney. That, that, was, that was an amazing thing. And then, and then he followed it up with this. He said, so I want to challenge you to do three things. He said, I want you to be humble. Because if it wasn't for God, you wouldn't be where you are today. And the second thing he said, he said, I want you to be disciplined. I want you to work hard. I want you to, I want you to, I want you to be disciplined and show yourself approved. I want you to, to, to do the things that, that God's called you to do. I want you to be disciplined with your life. And he said, and I want you to be excellent. I want you to do everything as unto the Lord. And, and look, 
I, I know that's simple things that we've heard in church all the time, but this, this, is coming, this was coming from a broken man who has been placed in a position of authority over us. He is the chief ranking officer for our district, and I'm telling you this, that God used him to deliver one of the most profound and simple messages that I've ever heard. God is real. He loves you. He has a plan for your life. And he has you right where he wants you. Can I tell you that he is the light that shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. He ended with this statement. And, and someone else echoed it later on in the ceremony. They said, yes, there's evil in the world. There's darkness in the world. But it is only a sliver compared to the light. Can somebody give God praise for that? Yes, there may be darkness. Yes, there may be oppression. Yes, there may be evil in the world. But I serve one who has overcome the world. It's just a sliver. Can I tell you that your trial is just a sliver? Your problem today is just a sliver. It's just a sliver. It may seem huge today, but in the glimpse of all eternity, you're going to be looking back and say, it was a sliver. I thought it was going to overcome me, but it was a sliver. We are the light of the world. And the darkness has not overcome it. Can somebody shout amen? Number two, so we know that Israel was dark, but he was the light. Number two, Israel was desperate. But Emmanuel came to give hope. Yeah, it was desperate. It was a desperate time, but Emmanuel came to give hope. Romans 8, 24 through 25 says this, For in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Think about it. Hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? We don't hope for what we already have. And then it goes on to say this, But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. You see, I don't have to hope for a wife. I have one. But some of you in this room may be still hoping that God will give you a, a godly wife. And so can I encourage you, wait for it patiently. Aaron's smiling at me. Patience, boy. Let me just walk over here. Young lady, you've told me, what's your name one more time? Carly, 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 patience. You're going to need a lot of patience. In fact, why don't we just go ahead and set up counseling today? I mean, No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I love Aaron. I love Aaron. I love Aaron. Don't you love Aaron? I mean, he's just a lovable guy. He's a lovable guy. Patience, DeMarco. You see, DeMarco and I, we got this problem. We're so good looking that, you know, if you don't have patience, I mean, you just, you know, you, you got a problem. Okay. I better move on quickly. I'm losing this. We wait for it patiently. I don't have to hope for, for a pulpit to place my iPad on this morning. I've got one right here. In, I'm touching it. But here's what God will do. He'll give you something that you can see, that you can touch, that you can feel. 
to give you the faith to believe what you're hoping for. How many of you guys have done something great in your life before? Yeah? He's done, he's done something great. Okay, well, he saved you. We can start there. So if that's not good enough, it goes downhill from here. I can promise you that. Okay. But he, he gave you the greatest gift of all, his son. And, and he gives us something that, that, we, that helps us to hope for something better. And we have this hope in Christ Jesus that where we are today is not as good as where we can be tomorrow. And we have this hope that the best is yet to come. Can somebody say that? The best is yet to come. Emmanuel gives us the hope that things can always get better. I love that. You haven't reached your potential yet. You haven't. I don't care how old or young or in between you are. I'm trying to figure out where I'm at. You know, used to I felt real young. Now I'm starting to feel a little on the other side. Especially one time somebody asked me if Pamela was my daughter. I knew we had a problem. And then I was somewhere with my dad and they said, who's your brother? And I'm like, this is not good for me. (laughs) This is not going my way. What is wrong with me? I'm kind of one of the middle of the road guys, kind of, kind of. I don't know, somewhere in the average, you know, I've always been that way. I've always been right there, kind of middle of the road, average kind of guy, kind of like a Toyota Corolla. You, you know, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't complain that you own a Toyota, but you don't, you don't brag that you own a Toyota Corolla either. It's not one of those things, oh, dude, come out here and look at my, my Toyota Corolla. No, it's not like a Corvette or something like, you know, I'm kind of one of those middle of the road guys, you know. Uh, I grew up, I grew up in a Subaru Justy, and so it's not like down there. But, you know, a Camaro. There you go. Just call it a Camaro. (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. I got to move on. And so, but can I tell you, can I tell you this, that I'm thankful for what I've got right now? Because, Because I know what I had, and I know what I have now. But the problem is, is sometimes we stop with what we've got now. And we quit believing for what God can do for us later and so sometimes God brings you to a certain level and you say that's it that's I've, I've reached my potential but God wants you to know this morning that if you're having a good day or a bad day or you're or you're in the midst of a good season or bad season in your life it can always get better somebody say it can always get better do never stop hoping for what today has to offer Never stop hoping for what is in the future because, because the, Bible, the Bible speaks specifically about never losing hope. You see, we, have, we all have a common hope that one day we're going to see Jesus face to face. I have that hope that one day, I, you know, Pamela and I, we've, our kids are growing up and, and, they're, and they're, they're teenagers. And boy, have we been praying, Maranatha, Maranatha, Lord, come quickly. Not because, and we have good ones. <laughs> Our teenagers are good. You know, we don't, have the, we don't have horror stories or war stories to share with you. But I can tell you that thought of our kids having kids and them having to grow up in this crazy world, we're saying, Lord, come quickly. 
How many want, man, I'm just ready. Wouldn't it be cool if it was today? Boom. Ready. We have hope of what is to come. Emmanuel came to give us hope that things can always get better. Number three, and lastly today, Israel was depressed, but Emmanuel came to give life. Someone asked a question on Facebook. It was Miss Lynn, I think. She's working on a on a Bible study. And she said, Give me a word to describe depression. One word. And the first word that came to my mind was simply trapped. There's no way out. I saw a lot of other good words, you know, oppressed, pressed down, uh, just different things, you know, different words, hopelessness. Um, just a lot of different things. But the word that came to my mind was trapped. You feel like there's no way out. It's never going to get better. There's no hope for me. And so I can tell you this, that Emmanuel came to deliver you. You know, this season can sometimes be hard for many people because they've lost loved ones or they've went through tragedy or hard times. And for some people, this could be a very uh, heavy season and and I want to tell you this, that Emmanuel came to minister to you even in your state of depression. And he wants to deliver you in Jesus' name. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 12 says this. It's a portion of scripture. It says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but we have not been abandoned. We are struck down, but we're not destroyed. Can I tell you that God has not forgotten about you? We always carry around in our bodies the death of Jesus Christ. It was not supposed to be easy. So that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake. So that his life may also be revealed in our mortal bodies. So then, death is at work in us. But life is at work in you. Come on somebody. Because of what Jesus did on the cross of Calvary, there may be seasons in your life where you feel like death. You may feel like it's over. There's no way out. There's no turning back. You've gone too far. But I'm telling you that Christ's love, grace, mercy, and power is at work in you. Bringing life and life more abundantly. Somebody say, that's Emmanuel. God with us. Somebody stand and give him praise this morning. Come on. Come on. Give him praise. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. If you found yourself in a dark situation, if you have, if you found yourself in a desperate situation or a depressed situation, can I tell you that that is one of the things that sin does to us? 
It makes us so struck down and so stricken that if we feel like that there's no way out, there's no turning back, there's no getting out of this, there, there's, there's, and, and we become hopeless and helpless, and it feels like we're all alone, like God has forgotten about us. But I believe in the name of Jesus that you are on his radar this morning. He has not forgotten about you. He is ready to pull you out of the state that you are in this morning. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. Show your love to your people this morning. Have your way in your people this morning. Help us to realize that you are God with us, that you are here this morning, and that we are not here by accident, but that you have brought us to this place. You have brought us to this place so that you can minister to us today. I want to ask two questions this morning. Number one is, do you know him? Do you know him? Is God with us, Emmanuel. Do you know him? Do you know him? Do you have a personal relationship with Jesus this morning? I didn't ask, did you pray a prayer? I said, do you have a relationship with Jesus this morning? If you would say, I do not, but I want to get to know him this morning, I want you to raise your hand anywhere in this room. Raise it real high so I can see. Come on. Come on. Second question I want to ask this morning. Is there anybody here that would say, I'm kind of like Israel I found myself in kind of a dark desperate and sometimes even depressed state but I'm ready for God to show his love to me in a powerful way today would you raise your hand anywhere in this room I want to pray over you this morning thank you yes okay okay I'm going to pray this prayer over you while I do I see the hands I see the hands. I'm going to pray this prayer over you this morning. I'd like to ask our deacons to come and our staff to come. I'm going to pray this prayer. And at the conclusion of this prayer, I want you to come and find one of these men and women to pray with you this morning. If our staff and deacons would go ahead and come, we're going to ask them to come. And they're going to lay hands on you. They're going to agree that God is going to touch you in a powerful way this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every hand that is raised. Every hand that was raised this morning, God. I pray that you will be Emmanuel, God, with them this morning, God. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that you will touch every person that's in a dark, desperate, and a lonely state. God, I pray that they will know that you have not forgotten about them, that you have not abandoned them, that they may be pressed down, but they are not destroyed. They are not crushed. They have not been forgotten. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name, Lord God, that you will bring hope to the hopeless. God, I pray that you will bring light to the darkness. And God, I pray that you will bring life to those who are depressed this morning. God, I pray in Jesus' name that your will be done. In, in the name of Jesus, everybody said, amen. amen. Would you come this morning? If you raise your hand, come on. We just want to love on you and agree with you this morning. Come on. Hey, guys. Pastor Travis here with you again. I pray that you were encouraged by today's message. Also, I would like to invite you to check out our website, at ucmagnolia.com. There you can see what's going on at the church and you can give online and be a part of what God is doing right here in Magnolia and around the world. Also, we would like to invite you to join us in worship on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. God bless you and we hope to see you soon.